0: You know who I am? I'm more Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders.
1: I can handle things. I'm smart. Not
2: like everybody says. Like dumb, I'm smart and I want respect. Don't cross the street in the middle, 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 in the middle of the block. Don't cross the street in the middle, in the middle, in the middle
1: in the middle of the block, teach your eyes to look up, teach your ears to hear, walk up to the corner where the coast is clear, and wait, and wait,
0: until
2: you've seen the light Well,
0: good up. evening everyone, this is the Tom and Perry Music Show, episode, no, show number 10, right Tom? Show
1: number 10, sir.
0: Tom, how are you? I'm good,
1: my friend, how are you doing?
0: Doing fine, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, I'm smart. Perry. not Tom. Uh, I'm smart. I can handle things. I'm smart, and I want respect. <laughs> so, Tom, I think we have a pretty decent show for tonight, and I'll tell you why. Tell me. We're going to talk about Creedence Clearwater Revival. O-M-G,
1: sir. Oh, WTF! Omg. Oh, my God. To guys our age, just to a certain age, CCR yeah. is the joint, my friend. They, As far as I'm concerned... They are AM radio rock.
0: Yeah, and then I also have we have a segment called "I know that song." I know that. Hey, I know that. Song. Where where <laughs> we just play? The, I mean, it's the these iconic songs where as soon as you hear the riff, you immediately know it's okay. It is.
1: All right, all right.
0: No questions asked. Then we have some trivia, of course. Right. Of course, and uh, maybe a, a stray story or two, but uh,
2: no, us, no, you know. don't, <laughs> in not in the Tom and Perry. So, music show. Uh,
0: what do you say we talk about Creedence Clearwater Revival? Okay, a little bit, Tom. all right, all right. Now, if I can, I can start by saying that the first band. I mean, you know, we all listen to the radio as little of kids, yeah. right? That's different. Listen on little transistor radios or a little clock radio in the kitchen or yeah. whatever. But the first band that I absolutely loved was Creedence Colorado Revival. Oh, yes. I was twelve years old. Yep. <laughs> I was twelve. I used to I used to wear bandanas around my neck like John Fog. You did not. I did with a flannel <laughs> shirt. Yep. I absolutely Excellent. did. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Excellent.
1: Oh, they were so yep. cool, Perry. They, they turned were so on so good. You, you turned on the radio when you were a kid. I mean again, we were you know and you just heard those and they became such huge pop hits, you know, uh, Primary, keep on, you yes. know. It's yep. just, Oh man.
0: And the first when I was twelve, and uh, I got a little cassette player, Panasonic cassette player, the little oh, ones with oh, the man. handle on. It, you remember? What, were you guys right? rich? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I had to, I, I always had to buy C batteries for it. Yes, yes. You know, yep. And but I love that thing. And the uh, f- first cassette I got when I was twelve was Credence Clearwater, Bayou Country.
1: Get out of here. Yeah. Yep. Jeez, you did better than me. My first cassette recorder, I think the first, it came with a cassette. I think my parents got me soundtrack to Jesus Christ Superstar, which is very cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's not CCR.
0: But I think the cassette cost like $2 when, you
1: know, they were uh,
0: releasing these records on cassette. Really? And, um. Wait, it was whichever. Well, you know, maybe wrong. Maybe it wasn't Bayou Country. Maybe it was Green River. Whichever one has Bad Moon Rising on it. That's the one I got.
1: Now, Perry, I'm not as well versed in the albums because you know what a singles band they were. You know, Uh, what was it, 1969 or 1970? (laughs) It's like six straight number one singles or something stupid like that. No, interesting.
0: You mentioned that. All right. They
1: never had a number one
0: single. (gasps) Perry. Never. Don't crush
1: my childhood dreams
0: here. (laughs) They never had a number one single. They were always pushed out. By another song so popular, or held out by another song, they had many oh, okay. number All two right. hits. Oh, okay. They right. never had a number
1: one hit ever. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Tell me if I'm wrong. This is this true? Did they really release three albums in one year?
0: I, you know, I was just having a list of that here in 1968. Yeah. Their first album called Creedence Clearwater Revival came out, and that had like Susie Q. Okay. I put a spell on you. Right. And Porterville might have been on there, which is a nice, uh, a nice song. But in 1969, they put out Bayou Country. Okay. They put out Green River and they put out Willie and the Poor Boys all in 1969. Oh my God! Three albums in one year. I mean, what a work ethic! Like now, you (laughs) lucky if you hear if you hear a new a new you know U two record
1: every five years if you're lucky, (laughs) right? <laughs> but you know what? Uh, to be fair, now, Perry, um, those albums when they put out those albums, I don't know exactly, but there can't be more than like thirty-one or thirty-two minutes of actual music on them,
0: right? Well, interesting, probably. But the thing is, John Fogarty was the producer, right? He was the mixer, so he did all those things. Right. All those records, he did two thousand dollars for two, for Get two out grand. Of here. This is how efficient he was in the studio. <laughs> Yeah, well, he did everything, right? So he's the guitar player, the he singer. He did everything. He played organ. He played Songwriter. piano. He played saxophone. He played everything. He played drums,
1: there. right? He played drums on a couple of tracks, didn't he?
0: Not on Credence tracks. Oh, After stop! You question yeah. here. <laughs> no, Doug Clifford. Doug Clifford played all the drums on uh, Credence.
1: Yeah, but wasn't he kind of like? you know, Wasn't John? Fog- oh, you know what? I won't. I won't be negative, Perry. I'll just be positive.
0: No. What? What did you? What did you? Uh, wasn't he a
1: little bit of a control freak? Did
0: he like, do everything? Is that he had of like- to be? He had to be. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
2: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. I read
0: his biography. And, uh, oh, i so You got an inside story here. He had to be. And also, you know, they got burned under a recording contract. Oh, my God. So we've discussed this story and the fact where sure. like, Stu Cook, the bass player's dad, was a lawyer. Oh, no. And they said, well, they were offered a contract from Fantasy. And they didn't, They didn't have a manager. They didn't have any of that stuff. They managed themselves. Right. So John probably took the lead in that sense. But he oh, said- dear. They said, Stu, why don't you show your dad this, have him have a look at it, and let us know what to do, because he's a prominent lawyer in the Bay Area. Really? So, uh, you know, maybe a few weeks go by, and then they, the band says, what did your dad say? Your dad said, oh, he said it's okay, sign it, sign it, sign it. Oh, of course, shit. they got yeah. burned big oh, time, man. you know. Oh, no. I mean, John Fogarty was signed, like, almost in perpetuity to Fantasy Records or Saul's Answer. Really?
1: Know? Yeah, yeah. You know, Perry, that ties in with one of the trivia questions later. I'll, I'll bring it up on I trivia. It's very interesting oh, cool. you said that. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And so,
0: yeah, in 1969, they put out three records. In 1970, oh. they put out Cosmos Factory. Oh, my goodness. And Pendulum. They put out two albums in 1970.
1: Now, I think Cosmos Factory has one of my favorite CCR. I have two really favorite. Up Around the Bend? Songs. Nope, nope. I think it's the first song on the record.
0: Looking out my back
1: door? No. Isn't Ramble Tamble on that?
0: Uh, you know, I'm not sure what record it's on. Okay, but that's, right, a great, right. that's a great. That's a great. Barry, that is what a great. Ins- songs. That's an instrumental, right?
1: It, right. But it starts off with like this really hard rocking thing. Then yeah, it breaks yeah, down into that yeah. boogie. And he might just he might howl
2: on the vocals a little bit every now and again,
1: right? Yeah. And then
2: it has that really
1: long middle part.
0: <laughs> right. Really cool yep.
1: part. I love that song.
0: Sorry. so so they you know they started in 1967 they broke up in 1972 so that's one two three four five six seven their last album of course Mardi Gras was the fiasco where right. you know all oh, the oh, other guys wanted to you know but write that songs. also has
1: my second favorite Creedence song on it what sweet at Jahiica
0: that was that was a that was the single that was one of the last <laughs> singles yeah yeah I and love it's, that it's song. got a there's a beautiful song. That was also released as their last single. It's called "Tomorrow uh, Someday Never Comes." Okay, and uh, if you find it out there, wow, it's a it's a beautiful song. Rough recording, but right. still,
1: but still a beautiful song. Now, Perry, can I ask you a question about that last record? Yeah, Mardi Gras. Yeah, right now, isn't it true? I had read this somewhere again. I'm not a, uh, but that Fogerty was all agitated that he was going to have to share. You know that the other guys wanted to do more, so he just said. You guys write and record your own songs, and I'll do mine. And he didn't help them with their songs, so maybe that's why. No, my... that is not true. Okay, see? I go right to you true. for the truth. These
0: right. guys have been begged, you know, because he was the songwriter. Right. So he was getting a little more royalties than that. A them. little more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But he lost more money than them That's also, true. That's true. You know? Yep. But anyhow, so he's been encouraging them for years to write your own songs, to write your own songs, to write your own songs. So he said... You know, I think on the last album, maybe they had three songs each. Doug Clifford had three songs. Right. Stu right. Cook had three songs. He said, "I'm not going to produce them for you. You're going to produce them yourselves." So he goes, "I will play guitar on them.
1: Okay. That's it.
0: I'm not going to engineer. I'm not going to do all that that we did with Credence for you because you guys have been wanting this. So now mm-hmm. it's time to deliver." Okay. And of course, the album was a uh, was a disaster. Right. Yeah. A pendulum, the album before their last one, is one of my favorite albums. There's uh like it's heavily, you know, with the B three organ. Okay. And uh there's a song on there, like almost a little like uh Caribbean style, it's called Sailors Lament. Oh what Sailor Man, shame it's a shame. It's a nice, yeah,
1: it's a good <laughs> it, record. Is that John Fogarty playing the organ? That's John Fogarty playing, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah he played piano, he played organ, guy, he played a man. lot of instruments on there, yeah.
1: Oh man, yep. CCR soundtrack to a whole generation, man. Never had a number one hit though. Well, that that shocked me because I, here I am thinking they have like all these double one singles, but you're right; they probably got knocked off the, you know, probably number two behind you know, Hey Jude or whatever was on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now
0: I found something interesting on the internet. Uh oh, right. It, it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's Creedence doing you know Midnight Special. But the person on the internet slowed it down to where right. it sounds like an old blues guy, because John Fogarty had a very bluesy voice
1: to yes. begin with. Yes.
0: When they slow it down, it sounds even more like here, let's give it a let's give some of it a listen, all right? It's all kind right. of funny actually, but it's it's actually pretty cool. <laughs>
1: That's pretty wow. cool, right? It's, it sounds like an old blues guy. It, that's the Midnight Special, right? In the midnight that's sp-
0: Credence Midnight Special, but somebody the internet slowed it down. <laughs> and it sounds pretty cool, that doesn't so, it?
1: Yes, that does sound pretty cool. It
0: sounds like an old black blues guy or something. Oh, that sounds right? really cool. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, of course, they were on Fantasy Records. Oh, dear. And they had... Uh... <laughs> I'm making the sign of the crossberry. <laughs> <laughs> well... Oddly enough, he went back to Fantasy Records years later and did yeah. like a record or two for Fantasy again, but of course with a much better deal, a real a real deal, you know, really? not when they, I mean, they were 22 years old when they're signing these deals yeah. with Fantasy Records.
1: Right. You sign your life away. Yeah. Yep. Now, but pr- they were on
0: Fantasy Records and, excuse me, and Fantasy no, no. Records was a jazz label to begin with. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How'd they stumble onto Creedence? Well, that was when Saul Ants took over. Uh-oh. So it was an old jazz label. Do you know who the first artist signed to Fantasy Records ever was? I'm going to
1: take a shot. Frank Zappa. No,
0: no, no. I said they were <laughs> ja- No, they were a Jazz
1: Label. Uh Miles Davis. That's a good guess, but it's Dave Brubeck. Oh, no kidding. Was the I was first the artist take five the other day.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, um that was the first he was the first artist signed to Fantasy Records. Really? Yep. And he he was also like an A and R guy. And Dave he in, he invest. Dave Rubick, yeah. Uh-huh. So in other words, he invested money into uh, fantasy. Okay. When uh, Saul Zance or rather when uh, the first owner had it. He thought that he was going to be a fifty percent owner. Oh dear. And he found out that he was only fifty percent owner of his his material. Um,
1: so he
0: would have gotten burned also, really big. Geez. I mean I was going to say first guy screwed by fantasy. <laughs> I mean it's it was always 50-50 with wow. them. You gave up 50% of it to the mm. record company and you you got 50% yourself. So he was pissed when he found out that he was only 50% owner of his stuff. That's when he left and he went
1: to Columbia Records. <laughs> Perry, do you know any of the details, not details, I mean, we're not lawyers here, but do you know any of the, the rough outline of how Fogarty got screwed, um, like like he doesn't own the rights, to, does he get paid for them, does he get royalties? He or? does,
0: he still, get, of course he has to get paid for them, but okay. as far as what he gets paid for them, I don't know, I, I mean, see, you know, we've, we've discussed where like the Beatles are only 15% owners right, right, of their right. own songs, Oh, that's so gonna hurt. who knows what the deal is. Uh, and and With, for years, right, he boycotted those songs. He wouldn't play them. Right, he would not play them because it was his choice. He was allowed to play them, but he would not right. want. He did not want to make money for Fantasy Records oh. or Saul's Ants. Had he gone on tour for those ten years where he didn't play them, all oh, he'd be man. doing is generating more money that he wasn't oh, going to get, or he wasn't going to get a de- decent enough cut of. Right, <laughs> now, and of course, they were suing you. There were
1: lawsuits <laughs> and. <laughs> Now, Perry. Do you remember that record that came out in the mid seventies? I think it's. It might be Chronicle.
0: The Chronicle, Volume One and Volume Two. Yeah, I have them both. Of course, (laughs) right? I I I read. (laughs) I read somewhere
1: they're in and out of the charts still. Like yeah. you know, up until just yep. a few years ago, they, it was one of those you know dark side of the moon thing. They were in the you know yeah. the top one hundred for like five hundred weeks or something. Stupid. But
0: now, but now keep in mind also that John Fogarty was the producer of those records. He was God. the mixer of those records. Oh dear, they didn't even contact him when these oh, chronicles shit. were coming out. The fantasy put in, brought in a mixer engineer oh, to man. mix them. Yeah, and That's you can God tell on some songs like uh, I think it's Hey Tonight okay. on Chronicles. A slowed, slightly slowed down. You can hear it. Really? slowed down a little bit from what I remember on the 45 when I was a kid. Yeah. They slowed it down just a notch. Yep. Now, why would they do that? Yeah, I don't know why they do that. I mean, you know... I'm a fan of bad finger and you know, baby uh, blue, there was an English version and there's an American version from right. 45. The American version right. had more echo on it. So right. I don't know why they do that. It's, I don't know what their mindset is that they right. do it. The end, the guy who they, who fantasy hired to remix them probably said, oh, I think it sounds better. A little slower, you know? Oh,
1: really? Yeah. See, you know,
0: that's a lot know. of power. And he, I was just gonna say, he, you you didn't write it, <laughs> and he wasn't even he was, and he's the guy that originally produced them and mixed them, and he wasn't even contacted by Fantasy. <laughs> oh, that that. Hurts. So that's there's hurt. there's you know some bitter pills to swallow sure, there, right?
1: How do they get over stuff like that?
0: Now, fantasy Fantasy Studios, I think around 1980, they had this whole recording studio. I mean, they always had a recording studio, right? But they had this like recording media center. It was called, it was in Berkeley. Of course. Or some people call it Berserkly.
1: Berserkly. But
0: but it was in, uh, it was sol's Ants media center. And it was a big recording studio there. And in that recording studio there, Uh-oh. Aerosmith has recorded there. Journey recorded Escape there.
1: Don't stop believing, Perry.
0: Green Day recorded Dookie there. Get out of here. Yep. In Fantasy Studios. Tori Amos, Joe uh Joan Baez, David Bowie, Eric Clapton, Duran oh, Duran, Sammy Hagar, The Pretenders recorded there. Uh, Tracy Chapman recorded there. Is it Dr. still there? John, Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews, Tears for Fears, Neil Young. So this was a big media, a big recording center. Close, I think it closed for good in uh or they sold it in nineteen eighty eight or something like that. But uh, for a, they had a good run for a decade there or so. And Perry, of didn't like fantasy one of the
1: top studios. Didn't fantasy like the company, didn't that branch out into movies and other stuff too? Or they did.
0: He actually produced quite a few movies. He produced uh some award winning movies actually sold the Sound Fantasy
1: Studios, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Now remember Perry, a couple of weeks ago we were doing um, or it might have been the last show, Big Star. My yes. compilation says fantasy. <laughs> you know, like the remember it said stacks Arden Studios. Yeah. No, it was, and Arden. It, yeah, it was Arden. Yeah, it was Arden. Yeah, but it has all three of their marks on the. This is like from the early nineties. My uh, yeah, I yeah. have you know um, number one record and the other one.
0: Interesting, you say that because I I was watching one of these pawn shows before on cable. Right, what's a pawn show? Oh well, they pawn these pawn shows where people are going to a pawn shop and they find oh, you porn. know people bring these things right <laughs> What is it what is it my New Jersey accent? Porn. <laughs> like Perry, <laughs> don't go there man <laughs> Tom, Tom I'm going to have a coffee I got to go get some coffee and I'm going to have some chocolate <laughs> Oh shit But anyway okay somebody brings in two records Oh no they bring in Led Zeppelin 4 right. with a white label so I don't know what that means. It was promotional. Co- I don't know what that means. Okay. It's just a plain white label. That was worth like 400 bucks. Get
1: out of here. They
0: brought in a guy who owns a record shop and he came in and he, he and somebody came in with big star number one record Holy on God. ardent records in original, original pressing. Wow! Oh my God. Penny. He said, this is rare because they only printed like 10,000 of them. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He said that. It's worth five hundred dollars. That wow. first pressing of Big Star number one record on oh, Arden man. Records. Yeah. Ima-
1: imagine having that
0: five hundred dollars. Yeah. This is what I'll, people I'll... pay for these original <laughs> pressings. In the...
2: Oh shit! Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have five hundred dollars to spend on a collectible pair. <laughs> I don't have five hundred dollars. Well, to I don't spend have any. Anything. I don't have any LPs anyway. Do you have
1: LPs? I do have LPs. I just you started. Do? Yeah. I, I, well. Our listeners may not know, but it's a reoccurring theme to Tom. Every time you know hear something, he would be like, I had that record. I won't go into the story, but I had to get rid of my records about 25 years ago. I didn't have a yeah. lot, and I didn't have anything valuable. You know, there wasn't, you had a no, milk crate full of them, at least? I had a milk crate. I, I had two milk crates. It was probably close to 200 records, but I had a lot that were near and dear to my heart. Anyway, they've been gone for years and years. Mm-hmm. Just recently, I had the chance to acquire a few records, and they're all in perfect condition. So I got yeah. like six or seven big records of the 70s. I'm looking at them right now. I have them propped against the wall. But, uh, you know, it's not for playing. It's just for looking at. <laughs> I have a couple of hey, them Why framed. not, man? Yeah. Why not? Yeah,
0: you should put them on the wall behind you.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, you know, I have like uh, Elton John, um, Captain Fantastic, and Bounder Cowboy. I, um, I have a really cool um, original pressing of um, – Moody Blues, "Nights in White Satin. with the London Forty
0: Five, or no, no, I have the album. The album—that's what the album was called, "Nights in White Satin?
1: Yeah, with the London Festival Orchestra. I remember. You
0: know know what the London Festival
2: Orchestra was? A bunch of musicians who were out of work, so he cobbled them
1: all together and (laughs) called themselves an orchestra. Um, Very cool. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So I got like five or six right. Oh, and I also have uh, "Diamond Dogs" by Bowie. Well, um... you know. I'm a cool. record player, though.
0: <laughs> so anyway, that was we did a little segment on Credence Clearwater Revival, <laughs> one of the uh, first bands I ever loved. And uh, oh yeah, Tom, you and I used to jam on uh, Bayou Country, right? That was born on the Bayou. Yeah. Born on the Bayou. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> back then when I was more nimble, I used to know how to play that. Yeah,
2: yeah, right. Yeah, but I could stand for more than two minutes. But anyway, but no, no. <laughs> but anyway,
0: um, so. Do you want to go into a little segment of? Uh, I know that song. Hey, wait a minute! I know that song. <laughs> I know that song. Wait, what's the movie where the guy is?
2: Uh, uh, the name of his band is Hey, Who Took My Bike? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that, wait, is that Reality Bites? Is that reality? I, I don't know. I never really <laughs> saw that movie. Hey Troy, what's the name of your band? Hey, Who Took My Bike? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, hey, I so, know that song.
0: Right. So, you know we. You know, a lot of these were like little when we were kids. Tom, we're you know we're this we're from the same generation, so we listen to the radio, listen to these forty five hits. Some of this, there's a couple of songs. Are there songs that used to give you chills? Like to me, there's a couple of songs that we you know when I was a kid, twelve years old or whatever, like it would give me chills because I wanted to be a guitar player. And I, I, you know, I used to, I used to fantasize that it's me playing this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And this being one of them, like, okay. all you have to do is, like, as soon as you hear this, you're like, I know that song. Okay.
1: Hey, I know that song. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I love this song Oh
2: yeah She's got it dirty, 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 dirty,
0: dirty, yeah, okay. baby, she's got it. <laughs> now, I love that song when I was a kid. I might have been 1970, oh, yeah. so I don't know how old I was. Okay. But, you know, it was, that was like 1969 or 1970. Okay. The Shocking Blue, I think, maybe, yeah, I think they were from Holland or maybe. I think they were Dutch, right?
1: Blue. Yeah. But as soon um. as I
0: heard that riff, <laughs> as soon as I heard that riff, and it was, of course, the riff is reminiscent of uh,
1: Pinball Wizard, right? But yes. it's just in that same sort of... Uh, that's, th- that's part of the thing, Perry, and we've talked about this before. Everybody talks about it. the The thing about radio that used to give us such a jolt when we were mm-hmm. younger was the randomness of it. I could, we couldn't order up that song. We could call the DJ or whatever and request it, but right. you know what I mean. It wasn't like you know going over. Not the like today off. where you can exactly. just
0: go to your phone or go to your exactly. iPad, literally your on and demand. Just go on demand, right? And but oh. what hearing it was like. Oh yeah, man! <laughs> exactly. Pulled yeah, off the man. Side of the road. Yeah. Yeah, it's and like I've got a Hocus I, Pocus, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now I've got another one. And here's another uh-huh. one that used go. to give me chills when I was a uh-huh. kid because I wanted to be the lead guitar player. And this is one of those, so <laughs> you hear the riff, you're like, I know that song. Here she goes.
2: I know that song. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: I wanted to be that guitar player. <laughs> I wanted Perry. to be that guitar
1: player. What was his name? Andy Fraser? Oh, was that it? No, Perry, I don't we've, know. We've, don't we've know. talked about that song so many times. Is that still one of the greatest songs of all time? Now, Perry, if you notice, that version that you're playing mm-hmm. isn't the. It wasn't the hit run. Now, the three or four. That ver- was
0: not the 45 version.
1: No. There's because like they shortened three,
0: his guitar solo for the exactly. 45 version There's also, like three yeah. or
1: four versions that they made. Yeah. And I respect that. You know why, Perry? Because they didn't take one version and chop it up. They, yes. They actually recorded it, you know, a couple different times, which I think is very cool instead of, you know, we all know that um, you know, that edited version of Light My Fire, which is a fantastic edit. You right. Even so you've got to
0: fit it in under
1: three minutes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But yeah. that was the original song that they chopped up with free. They definitely had different versions. But yeah, I know that song. Yeah. <laughs> I know that song. So that's that, that, that's what I like about like
0: the, the, I don't know the way it used to be when we were young. Yeah, right. It was the riff was important. The riff mm-hmm. was everything.
1: That's why they had terms like riff case in and point, the hook, you know?
0: Case in point is this song right here. Yes, lay it on me.
1: Give me some bass.
0: <laughs> I know that song. <laughs> I know that song, man. I know that song. <laughs> oh, man. Is that... And that's not Mick Ronson, by the way. It's not? That's not Mick Ronson. That, who is it, it Barry? Could, there was another guy who... Uh, Mick Ronson was out of the band. The Spiders from Mars were broken up oh, before this record. Okay. David Bowie played electric guitar, and they brought in somebody else to play electric guitar, too. And uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Earl Slick? No, no, no. It was uh, an Englishman. Uh, oh, okay. But... um. He was the guy that gave David, of course, David came up with the riff, you know, do you do, and he wanted to make it sound like the Stones. He wanted to make it sound like Satisfaction, where the riff was constant throughout the whole song. Really? That's why that Rebel Rebel riff, you hear it throughout the whole song, except (laughs) for a few seconds, (laughs) you know, uh, except on Hot Champ. I love you, so, right? But the other guitar player that David brought in was the guy who gave it that descending dude. He gave it that. And he's the guy that came up with hot champ. I love you. So he came up (laughs) with that too. And he ended up being not credited on the record oh, or something. No. And it was oh, uh, no. he was pretty uh I don't oh, know what goodness. happened, what kind of falling out there was, but you know, but that riff is like, yeah, I know that song. I man, know that right? song. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I I have another one here. Like okay. uh, here's another one too, and it's guitar based. Of course. And it's I don't know I how old this that. thing is, that. but you you may know when the song came out. You let me know after we just okay. play the riff, all right. Know that song? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. That was Rick Derringer playing guitar. I don't know. Is that a Johnny Winter song? Is it? Uh, that's. Uh, I don't know who wrote it. Maybe Johnny Winter's wrote it. Or right, what the hell is the name of the song? Again? Rock and Roll Hoochie Cool. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. It's one of the Winter Bros. <laughs> but that was that was Ricky Derringer. <laughs> is it? Ricky Derringer doing uh, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. I think Johnny Winters may have recorded it first. or after, You know, okay. I don't even know. But okay. it's that, as soon as you hear that riff, man, you know where you're at. Hey,
1: I right? know that song. Yep.
0: Oh, yep. man. That you're was right. great.
1: That's, they grabbed you. You know, that's what it was. You know, it's like you walked past the radio and they reached out and grabbed your ass with these yes. riffs and these yep. hooks and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good deal, Barry. Yep. I like this segment. I like this.
0: So here's another one now. And okay. this is like... As soon as you hear it, you immediately know from the riff, I know that song. So here goes, Tom Griffin.
1: All right, Perry.
2: I know that song. Everybody on earth knows that song.
0: Who was that? The Beatles? No, no, (laughs) who was, (laughs) was that the Partridge family? That was, I think it was the Partridge. I think it was David Cassidy. I think it was David Cassidy. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff, sir. Yeah. Yeah. David Cassidy's playing that guitar. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, Keith, you know, there was some story, wasn't there a Keith, um, Oh, there's always a story about Keith <laughs> playing like playing that on a tape recorder or something, and uh, uh, and played it on an acoustic guitar or something right. like same, that. Right. Same
1: with Satisfaction. That's where he, he like really adopted the sound where he like he he overdrove like a small little amp, like a small little speaker on a cassette player, and he played acoustic yes. guitar through the microphone. It's like okay, <laughs> yeah, something like that, right? It's yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to that out, like.
0: What a riff, man! That is one of the most classic uh, yeah. riffs in rock and, the and roll that and bass the and drums, was.
1: man. are just propelling it. It's just well, anyway. We, yeah. we can go on the yeah. stone. Anytime you play a Stone songs, you're kicking open the can long yeah.
0: conversation. I, I can hear you, Tom, but I can't see you. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's another one. Here's another okay. riff. Um, this is not guitar riff, but this okay. is one of those where as soon as you hear it, okay, as soon as you hear it, you'll know what it is.
2: Oh yeah Where no we to go there
0: I always well, had this okay. little thing where, like, I would <laughs> I would sing that song to myself, and then when it came to the other part, I would go into the doors. I would throw in the doors lyrics, so it goes, "Let's I go, "Her arms are wicked and her legs are <laughs> long,
2: but she moves, my brain screams out the song,
0: new and new." <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Oh, that, that song is such a classic. I forgot it. You know, the song is such a classic,
1: and the, my favorite part about that song is at the end when they miss the intro to the verse and they just swing around again and they come in there yes. yeah it's like yep. we
2: don't have enough money to record this again so just keep going <laughs> and
0: that was that was the Kingsman. and apparently the other people have recorded that or somebody oh, yeah. may have recorded it before them or yeah there's a million right? different
1: versions yeah um who's uh but uh, this Paul is Revere the one the we know from the radio Exactly. that was like the you know I'm making air quotes here the hit version you know don't um, do air quotes. <laughs> no, don't do air quotes. Well, nobody can see him, Perry, so that's good. I okay. You just have my word for it. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so I have a couple of more. Well, like, uh, uh, Let's do that. And, like, I know that song. And I know th- that it's song. The, you know, some of them are guitar-based with the riffs, you know, the rock right. riffs, but some of them are pop songs. Okay. Like Louie Louie, that's like a garage, right? That's a right. garage sort of thing. This is a pop song, but okay. as soon as you hear the opening notes... Okay. You know pretty much what it is. Let, let's let this go for a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. I saw the sitting in the
2: rain With raindrops falling on fire She didn't seem to care She sat back and smiled at
0: me Boom, 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 boom I knew,
2: I knew, I knew, I knew Happy, happy,
0: happy. I recently oh, saw a clip of Sue Castle. Yes, and uh, one of her, two of her brothers that are still alive. Uh, yep. singing that song, and they sounded good. They did sound good. This you was Perry, just you a couple years clip. ago. Yep, I love the way records were, like the the way her vocals were arranged. Yes. back then.
1: Yes, with the, the vocal
0: arrangement was a, was so important
1: to a with pop the, song. With the drums lower in the mix, you know, it's like um uh, I love that song. I've always loved that song. I Still thought it was just about, a yeah. fantastic I don't song. like the song
0: Hair too much, but eh, I like that no, song.
1: Well, that was the, just silly, you know, give
0: me that head with hair.
1: <laughs> you know, this but this is an actual decent pop song. And not only that, Perry, that song was done before and now, you know, the Cal Sills had the hit version of it, you know, it was on Broadway. Whereas this song was tailor-made. It was written for them. Correct, right. Yeah. yeah. And arranged and, by who knows the who, You know, Could have been like Lou, Ad- Lou Adler name? type
0: guys. I was thinking Lou Adler, it's not. Vocal it's, um, arra- no, it wasn't him, but it was great vocal yeah, arrangements. Kornfeld. Like
1: the guy's yeah. last name is Kornfeld. I only, know one, I only know one trivia question about that. In the beginning, they were trying to get the sound of rain. Yes. And they couldn't and they couldn't find anything so they went to this stock um like you know sound effects thing and they got really? the, they get the sound of like sizzling bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty hungry Perry. I'm on I like today.
0: that I like that comedian who's the comedian uh I can't think of his name right now. Jim Gaffigan. And yeah. you know he's like bacon bacon he goes when you hear bacon sizzling it sounds like applause. I love bacon. <laughs>
2: there was a comedian years ago I think he was on one of the uh, he's like I went to the doctor for a a cholesterol test it came out bacon (laughs) (laughs) but anyway
0: so I have another I have like another song or two where as soon as you hear the riff you know what it is and this one of course is uh, you know (laughs) Now, that, is that song called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? I have the slightest idea.
1: I think that song may be called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Perry, what I want to know, is that an instrument, or is that just somebody doing wah, wah, wah? <laughs> is yeah, that, is you that... You mean somebody going <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know, just... <laughs> Tom, hit the search on your, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> wah, wah. Hey, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> get me i'm a recording well, to do it on
2: a kazoo yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god or is it guy i've like got with a i've got one more but we'll we we'll, you know we'll be doing this category every yes, you know every I now like and again category. we'll come up yes. with more riffs like i know that song i think it's a good category but I i've got one more okay and this one is from the 80s all right all right from the 80s so uh it's a little more contemporary than the other ones i've been playing Okay, but let's see. uh, You will like it's only forty years years old instead of sixty. You're gonna go. I (laughs) know that song. Oh yeah, I always like this. A great pop song.
1: (laughs) Jenny, Jenny, who can I I turn to? you
0: give me something
2: I can hold on to.
0: I just want to hear the chorus. I know
2: you're I'm
0: like The other people.
2: We saw your name and number
0: on the wall.
1: Daddy, I got your no
0: number. Yo Danny, number. I <laughs> need to
2: make you mine.
0: Oh yeah. I like the way Tommy 2 tone says Jenny I got yo number. Why I got yo number. <laughs> yo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, man. That was a that's a great that's pop a great, song, man.
1: That's a great song. I don't, I've
0: never really heard any. Was that like he's his he's one hit wonder thing? Yeah, yeah. That was but, it, right? You
1: know, it's one of the classic tale. You know, band hacks around for years and then stumbles yeah. onto that one hit. I hope everybody bought a house when they could. You know, it's like... yeah, Ooh. man. Wow, good stuff, Perry. Good, good stuff. Good new segment on the Tom and Perry Music Show. I like it. It's a keeper. Yeah,
0: yeah. So let me see if I got a little thing here before we go into the. uh, We'll go into some trivia, I believe, right? Yes,
1: rock and roll trivia, of course. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? Fuck (laughs) you. That's my name. You know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name.
2: Perry, that's my name. (laughs) (laughs) What's your name?
0: Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> that
2: was Alec Baldwin in Glen Gary Glenn Ross. Yep. Probably
1: was it you who I was talking to? Uh, you know, the movie, it, it's a good movie, but it's one of those movies you always feel like unsettled. It's like it it, it makes me nervous watching that movie. They're stuck in that shithole where it's raining and
2: they're just oh my god. I just uh, it's unsettling yeah, that yeah. movie. It's unsettling. Oh,
1: goodness <laughs> gracious.
0: Yeah. So uh, do you have any uh do you have any rock and roll trivia?
2: Wait, a Tom uh, Perry. Do I trivia? have rock and roll
0: trivia? Do you have music trivia? Oh, wait! I... Before we go into that, okay. Right, before okay. we go into that, we just want to say that um, if you like the Tom and Perry Music Show, you can listen to us on Spotify, okay. on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, and Amazon Alexa as well. Excellent. If Perry, yeah. if yep. if someone wanted to drop us a line, how would they do that? Well, I th- I believe we have an email address called Tom and Perry Music Show at gmail.com. Excellent. And I believe it's spelled out Tom and Perry, not not with an ampersand. Okay.
1: Yeah, yep. Excellent, Perry. All right. Yeah. So let's do so. Let's say as always, on my yes. side. When we do uh our we do questions. our trivia bits yeah they're from classic rock presents the ultimate rock and roll quiz book over 1000 questions so this is where we get them every show we get them from here and perry cool. has an outstanding record uh, you know a lot of you know a very high percentage of <laughs> complete questions <laughs> all right perry let's start off i'm gonna start off with singers all right okay cool this first one's a hard one i don't know if you're gonna get this one but I'm going to throw it out there. Okay, I never you're... claimed to be the whiz at it. I just <laughs> enjoy this stuff. Yep. Okay. Here it is. Okay. What was the name of Jefferson Airplane's original singer who appeared on their debut album, Jefferson Airplane Takes Off?
0: You mean the female singer? Correct. Yeah. I don't know her name. Okay. But that, I that, I find it interesting that there was somebody before Grace Lick.
1: Right. And her name was Signe Tony Anderson. Really? Yes. Now, Perry, before when we were talking about fantasy records and um, I said, remind me of this. So when she started, uh, when she was in this band, she joined the band, but she, when they signed their contract, she didn't trust the manager. So she made it, she made it in her contract that she could leave without penalty. Really? She could leave, yes, and two years later, she ended up leaving because she was starting a family, and she didn't think it would be, you know, you know, she had a young family and didn't want to tour and everything like that. So she left, and I thought it was very interesting that she had the foresight to like, you yes, know, be yep. able to leave, yeah. you know, because you know how these things work out. You know, what if the, you know, the record label sues yeah, you for millions so, of dollars? What year was the '66? Um, she her last shows were. The fall of 1966 so she was in the band for almost two years yeah,
0: this is before the big acid came in right? <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the tripping and uh
1: right exactly before the
0: kool-aid electric kool-aid test. yeah that was a good one but uh yeah i think i saw some documentary one time about the jefferson airplane and they uh, they had said that she had left earlier on and uh that's cool yeah
1: that she okay. uh so you got Perry, another one, you know, Tom? That, that one was a little difficult. We're going to give you an easy one here. We're gonna no, no, no. A, a soft one. Okay.
0: Don't give me maybe any it soft is an balls. easy one. I don't know.
1: Okay. All right. Who is the female vocalist on Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Light? Uh, Come on. You yeah. know this, Perry. No. Yes, you do.
0: On the record, not on the video.
1: Um, I guess, you know, it, it didn't not, specify.
0: It was not Carla DeVito.
1: No. It, it was. was, not. was
0: her name was like Ellen she was dating uh, she was dating Mick Jones from the Clash
1: get out of here
0: yeah yeah Ellen
1: come on come on Perry you're halfway there
0: Mm, can't remember the last name who is she Ellen Foley Ellen Foley. She was uh, dating Mick Jones from The Clash. She, and, but on the video, you saw Carla DeVito. Yeah. Although on record, it was Ellen Foley. Yep. Perry, we're going to give you a half
1: a one for that one, okay? You know, I don't, know I, I don't <laughs> want
0: not... any charity. No. I'm not keeping score. No, no, so I no.
2: What you... <laughs> <laughs> no. Your no, money's no. no good here. <laughs> All
1: right. So uh, let's go to another. Let's go to another. Fuck you.
0: That's <laughs> my name.
1: <laughs> and Ed Harris Looks at him, and you know the most painful thing is he has no answer. He has to stay there. Yeah, he, you know, yeah. Oh, that and sucks. he goes,
0: he goes. You see this watch? <laughs> this watch costs more than your car. You
1: and know? he <laughs> leaves the watch on the desk and yes, walks away. Yep, it's like yep. almost dare. I would have grabbed that thing and made like Jesse Owens. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. They call this next category progressive rock. So, <laughs> okay, listen. Okay, so first question. Here we go. Which Jethro Tull album was based on a poem? Written by a fictional eight-year-old boy named Gerald Bostock. That's a
0: tough one. Uh, it would just be a random guess. So, is the name of is it the name of a song or the name of an album? Uh, album. Um, no, no. I'll just say Aqualong. Ooh, thick as a brick. I was gonna say thick as a brick.
2: <laughs> Barry, I have to tell you, I wouldn't have got that in my house.
0: o m g O M M F G W T F W T T G I F F. You know, I was gonna say thick as a brick. God dang it! <laughs> All right. Excuse me. Okay. What else next,
1: you got? Next one. Okay. Um, a single version of Mike Oldfield's solo masterpiece "Tubular Bells" mm-hmm. was used as a soundtrack of which acclaimed 1973 horror film, "The Exorcist." You are absolutely correct, sir. I would have been disappointed if you didn't get that. I had that album. And, uh, Did it you was really? Cool. Oh, yeah.
0: I had the record. Absolutely. It was a scary record because, on, like, on side two, you know, there'd just be these sweeping music. And then you hear Mike O'Fill going, slightly distorted guitar. You know? <laughs> 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 They're that's so a, English, man you really, know, like, that's, that's creepier than her head
2: spinning around
0: <laughs> But it actually on the record Says slightly distorted guitar You know, and then there would be a, a suite With the distorted guitar like.
1: Oh, goodness gracious Oh, man Alright, so let's move on uh, Our next category is covers Okay Now, Perry, this first one I'm hoping you get it I think you're going to get it I want you to get it Okay <laughs> Harry Nilsson's hit single, Without You, was yes. originally recorded by which band?
0: Badfinger, written by Tom Evans and Peter Ham.
1: Thank you very much, sir. Yeah. I knew
0: you'd get that, Barry. Very... Yeah. And it's... incidentally, I'm a okay. big fan of Badfinger, always. Of course. Was. Tom Evans and Pete Ham both hung themselves. What? They both hung themselves. Pete Ham hung himself in like 1976 in his garage. Really? Yep. And about. Almost ten years later, Tom Evans, the bass player, the co-writer of that song, hung himself as well. Harry,
1: what's going on?
0: Is, yeah, uh, you know, I have to ask. Was there they a connection? There, well, they got burned Ooh. by um, a guy named Poli, Ted Poli, or something like that. There's a, there's you gotta find. You go on. You have to go on the internet. Okay. And there's like a little sad documentary about them.
1: Oh man, how
0: they got burned. Oh, Jesus. Their money went offshore. They were given salaries. <laughs> never came back. <laughs> and their, his, their wives used to tell him. they said, you're rock stars. You have number one hits. How come you have no money?
1: Oh, you know? man. And oh, shit.
0: Yeah, the guy's name was like Tom Poley or something like that. And uh, he was like an American businessman we who like squandered their money, took their money, and uh, oh, all out grifters, of despair, man. Pete Ham hung himself.
1: Oh, man. And then
0: Tom Evans... He did a comeback record. I had the record. It was on Radio Records out okay. of Los Angeles and it was called Back on the Airwaves. And it had Pete, it had Tom Evans and Joey Molland who was the guitar player okay. in the band. And they had like you know they had two songs that I remember hearing. Well, I had I was a fan so I bought the record. And one song was called Back Back on the Airwaves. Feels so good and anyway, Tom Evans Hung himself as oh, well man. because it was a complete failure and out of despair. So the two guys that wrote with with that Harry Nielsen smash hit hung themselves. Sorry oh, to bring Perry. it down, man. Oh but I, man. I had to go that route. I had to go that side route. You know. How
1: about something a little more cheerful? Um, yeah. You, you know. You know, Kenny Jones, right?
0: The drummer from uh, the Small Faces.
1: Correct. So he's yeah. the la- he's the last living member. And only in the last few years was he able to wrangle royalties um, for some of their early work. So you know, some money got to the family of uh, Ronnie Lane and um, Ellie. You know, um, what's his name? Steve Marriott. Uh, Steve Marriott. Mm -hmm. And what brought that on was what's the name? The keyboard player just died recently. When was that? A few years ago. Ian Uh, McLagan. Yeah, he just died. um, I just read an article by the. here it is, 50 years later, finally getting some money out of these. Yeah, and companies. who friggin' burned them? Oh, do you, you want me to say it? Yeah, say his uh, fucking Sh- name, man. Sharon Osborne's father, Don Sarah, Arden. Don Arden, that piece yeah. of crap. Yeah. yeah he, he ruined more guys, yeah. man. And he was a gangster. I, mean, I, I hope I he's not some, listening right I now. I saw some
0: doc. <laughs> hopefully he's dead. I, I heard some documentary on them, and he. And he was actually saying, I never exploited any band that didn't want to be exploited. Oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, so that's the kind of person he right. is or right. was, you know. I hope
1: Sharon doesn't sick some stormtroopers after us. <laughs> Fuck her. Fuck Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> do it, right? Barry. Do it. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to some trivia, though. Let's get back to... Um, okay. So our, our category is covers. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, the Damned released yeah. a cover of Alone Again or in 1987, which U.S. psychedelic group recorded the original?
0: Wow, Tom, these are good ones, man. You
1: know this, Barry. I don't know.
0: You always tell me I know it when I don't know it. You do know it. You do know it. (laughs) I don't. So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So, repeat the question. Let me know if the band that originally recorded it was English or American. They're American. They're American. And what was the song?
1: Alone Again or... And what year are we talking about? The sixties? Right. So the original came out in nineteen sixty six. Or sixty-seven. Yeah. Come on,
0: Perry. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh
1: Love. Oh. Uh, yes, that was their yeah. other that was their other single. That o- was Alone Again other, uh, Or and yeah. Seven and Seven Is, you know? Wow. wow. Good one. These are tough. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to end with, as all things music-related must end, we're going to end with a Beatles question. Okay. Which Beatles album was the first to not contain any cover versions? Wow. Yeah. Um, This is a good one, Perry. This had me baffled. I didn't know it. Wow.
0: um... (laughs) Take a shot. You know, I, I want to say Sergeant Pecker's homely hearts club band, but, but I'm thinking more like uh, Rubber Soul. Oh my God, he's got it! <laughs>
1: See, I told you, Perry. I told you, you had it. You have this innate rock trivia set. You do. Know. <laughs> You're the master, my friend.
0: Now I've got, I've got a little. Uh,
1: do you have <gasps> more? Okay, what's that? Do you have more? No, uh, that's all for this week. I mean, I all can... right. Well,
0: I've got, I've got one here. I don't know okay. if you consider it
1: trivia question,
0: but I know you're a fan of Cream. Okay. Right? Yes. Yes. I don't know what record it was on. The song was called like Schwabler. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's actually an acronym for something. Do you know what it's an acronym for? I do not. You do not? I do not. Well, I'll give you the letters. And right. Maybe you want to have a guess at it. It's S W L A B. R
1: S W L A B R R. Now, wait, wait, wait! S- I got it! I got it! What? Singer with something, another blues record.
0: Well, that's a decent guess, but <laughs> you know, it's she was like a bearded rainbow. Oh, that's that's the first line of it, isn't it? No, I don't. I don't know that they actually said the line. You know, they have a line anywhere. Well, the creature has a mustache. You know, but <laughs> but actually, that song. I don't know how you pronounce it, swabbler right. swabble, or whatever. But it's she was like a
1: bearded rainbow. Really, per- well, yeah, I like it, Perry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge cream fan now. I am. The only another other fact. thing
0: I have is you remember that you remember the song Layla and yes. uh, right the big thing they recorded down in Miami at uh, Criteria. Yep. Yeah. Right? You've been
1: there, I understand. Uh, right? I have. Yes. Yeah? Just as a drive-by, a friend of mine is in the music business down there, George Fellner, mm-hmm. and uh, he showed me where it was. I don't know if it's still there. This is many, many years ago. But, so you remember the piano coda yes. in there
0: that was Jim Gordon, the drummer, had, had done this piano piece? Okay. Do you know that piano coda was done three weeks after the song Layla was recorded? Really? three weeks they three were on weeks. tour they were on tour bobby whitlock clapped in jim gordon okay and carl Radle. they were on tour three weeks after layla was recorded in criteria they flew back to miami <laughs> to do the coda So Jim Gordon had played that piano. They brought Bobby Whitlock in to sort of enhance it, to like play the double piano behind him to give it, you know, any, oh, too many, you know, uh, dead spots that he filled it in. And Dwayne Allman was there, and they did that slide and everything all at the end. But that was three weeks after. Three weeks. It was not recorded right, yeah. Layla has already been laid down. Then Tom Dowd decided to connect that piece to the really? tail end of as a coda for Layla. Beautiful, absolutely. Oh, it's absolutely, that's yeah.
1: Yeah, very good. Absolutely beautiful. Very interesting, Perry.
0: And I understand, too, that at, at the, um, they were running out of the tape for the first part of Layla. Right. So when you're running out of the tape, apparently it, like, speeds up a little bit because it's, you know, it's... Uh, really? So when you listen to Layla at the tail end, it's, like, a little bit out of tune. And Tom Dowd oh. had to, like, manipulate the pitch or the okay. speed to get it you know as tight as you could but yeah that i find it interesting that that piano coda was done 3
1: weeks almost a month
0: after the original song was recorded
1: now do you know how long that piano coda is um i don't know okay 2 minutes 3 minutes yeah, it's uh, like 2 or 3 minutes i would think you know it's you know yeah yep interesting good stuff perry good stuff yeah so he he tightened that up at the end yep okay
0: so uh, I yeah Tom I, I like this category I know
1: that song so I love like, that you know, song yes next time we'll have a uh, we'll have a little bit more and uh, okay all right. I had a lot of fun man how about yeah. you excellent show again always a lot of fun it's been a really big shoe a
2: really big shoe
1: we try and have some fun talk about what we love which is music we don't yep. try and get all bookish on everybody because you know if you listening you know if you're around our age you know you know what you need to know about music we just like to talk about it and have a good time with it. Yeah, yep. All right, Perry. That's number ten, sir.
0: Yeah, yeah, number ten. Yep. So uh hopefully I can uh we can figure out I don't know if I have a closing theme, Tom. So let what? me see what I what? let me see what da, I da, have da, here. Da, 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 let me see da, if da, I have da, anything da, 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 da. here. Okay. I don't know if I have anything, but uh I'm so, smart. <laughs> so but we know we 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 know that um uh,
1: we know that we're going to have Vernon Perrone back. Yes, right. absolutely. You know, he's For, uh, he, he's been gallivanting the world since he's been on here. Now, uh, you know, he was in Europe on his own, you know, vacationing, I believe. And yeah. then I believe, I don't want to talk out of school, I believe this week he's going on the road with the Young Rascals. Really? Yes, I don't know any of the details. I think um, he's leaving this weekend, but when he comes back, I'm sure he'll have some stories, and we can definitely buckle down on... uh you know, Vernon's always good to have him in the show. We'll welcome him back, and I'm sure we'll be laughing a lot and telling tales. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And so uh, I look forward to that. But uh... Okay. Perry, you really have no music theme? Come on, man.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't know what's it's... happening here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, Tom. Is there a power shortage? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's uh... Maybe it's a power outage. I'll try one more time. All right? <laughs> There's a guy standing in front of Perry saying, ad lib, ad lib, ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I can play one of these riffs, you know,
2: that okay. we can use as yeah, a closing
1: right? theme or something. But uh, anyway, it's a really good show, wasn't it? Absolutely. It was an excellent show, Perry. Thank you again. Thanks to everybody out there listening. We will see you again soon. And this is Tom and Perry Music Show, and we will see you next time, right? All right. Absolutely. Good night, Perry, and good night, everybody. Good night.